Uh, Brad Logan, Rebels 247, 247 Sports, among other things. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. The show is driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder, Nissan Rogue at Canon Nissan in Jackson. I want to say good morning. Welcome in. This is ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We are the Out of Bounds Show. Brad Logan, did you have a good weekend? We did, Bo. How's everybody doing in Jackson? Good. Good. I think uh, I'm. maybe I'm more excited than others on the Washington-Michigan game. Um, some people are saying they're not because there's no SEC team in a, hey, I'm okay with Bama or Georgia not being in it. Got a little fatigue on those two teams. I'm excited to see uh, Penix in the Washington offense against the Harbaugh and the Michigan defense. And, and also, but I'm really interested to see the story about is Harbaugh going to vote for the NFL or is he going to stay? So that's definitely something to watch. Yeah, I think he's gone. But it will be uh, it will be fun to cover, see what – you know, kind of shakes out here the next couple of days. Strong rumors around the Raiders and the Chargers for uh, Mr. Jimmy Harbaugh. Uh, Brad, when were you? When did you know the Quinshawn Judkins Ole Miss relationship was going to um, end? Well, there was always questions about Quinshawn, even midway through the year. Was he going to return? And when Jack to Dart. Uh, put out the Instagram video that he would be returning, then everyone was kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with Quinshot. And then after Peach Bowl, it didn't come, it didn't come. And from the conversations that I had uh, with people inside the, the Grove Collective administrative body is that three uh, at least agreements had been made and everything uh, w- was good. And this was prior to the game. Obviously, that changed over the next couple of days, and they were not on the same page. Uh, regardless if Quinshawn and his camp came back to the collective asking to renegotiate a deal, I'm not exactly sure of all the specifics, but obviously those conferences uh, split, and they, they kind of fell apart. So at that point, we know Quinshawn entered the portal and is at Ohio State this weekend. We'll see if he commits there, but uh, I think at the end of the day, Ole Miss felt really good prior to the Beach Bowl. Obviously, those communications broke down. And, you know, but we could talk all day about how Ole Miss and his fans believe that there are some issues in the locker room or even so far as to say you could see him, how he was not celebrating at the postgame ceremony <laughs> along with everybody else. Look, at the end of the day, he was a great running back. And Heck, he yeah. Is going to be missed. He is going to be missed a lot by Ole Miss. But the good news is they do have very comparable backs right now in Ulysses Bentley, who, who, who's been wanting more carries in the backfield, along with Kedrick Riscano. And I expect Ole Miss to go to the portal and he gets to get at least one more a viable back. So, uh, sure, he's going to be missed a lot. The question is, is how much? And we won't know really until that 24 season starts. But the good news, like I said, they've got two running backs ready to go right now. So they had agreed on a deal a couple of times, and then, uh, according to reports, Judkins and and his team kept moving the goalpost. Pretty much, I think that's put put pretty uh, pretty well. Is he asking for? Do you feel confident that he, that he's asking for over a million dollars? I'm not 100 percent confident of what he's asking. I just know very specific that what he was asking. I don't think was what the Ole Miss Road Collective was comfortable. Uh, 
uh, reach an agreement with. So um, I, I don't know any really pinned down dollar amounts. I just know that it was a pretty wide gap. Yeah. Um. Okay. So when you know the, we hadn't had this kind of buzz since. I guess going into the 2015 season, Brad, for Ole Miss football? Yeah, I mean, really, Bo, you look back on it, I don't know that we've had this type of buzz for an Ole Miss program in, in, in our lifetimes. I mean, we could probably date back until, you know, Coach Johnny Vaughn in the 1960s. But, um, you know, with and – I, and I preface everything I say on the interviews I go on, and that sort of thing is, on paper, Ole Miss has the best collection of players – that it's ever had in program history. It, it, and, you know, you know, matching that up against one of its, and, and in fact, Bo, it may, at one point, Lane Kiffin may uh, percentage-wise be the winningest coach in Ole Miss history by the end of next year. Uh, he could pass Johnny Vaughn if the, the numbers line up. And it's not, you know, next year, maybe the next, but it's really close. He, he's easily the most, the winningest coach since Coach Vaughn, and it's not very close. So you look at on paper, the way things line up, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any argument that it's uh, easily the most talented team uh, you know, we've ever seen. Uh, how do you? I mean, are they top? Do you think they're top five worthy of discussion going into the season, or top ten? I think they're top ten. You know, we'll we'll see. You know, as we look at the schedule, it's not difficult really up until October the twelfth. You look real quickly: Furman, Middle Tennessee, Wake Forest, Georgia Southern, Kentucky, and at South Carolina. Then, of course, you go over the Baton Rouge on October 12th. There's no reason Ole Miss should not be 6-0 and headed into Baton Rouge. So, but I think they're top 10. They will probably be top 5 by the time they face LSU. We'll see what happens with LSU by October the 12th. But that very easily could could be two top 5 teams going after each other. But, yeah, I mean, you look at Alabama, Georgia, Texas out of the SEC. We'll see where Michigan lands, Ohio State. Yeah, probably top 10. Brad Logan on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Um, how much more work or damage do you think they'll do in the portal? Most of the hay is in the barn. They're waiting on an answer right now from Diego Pounds, uh, the offensive tackle, who's the number three offensive tackle in the portal right now for North Carolina. So they get an answer from him. Uh, they're obviously... You know, there's the herd out of LSU, but I understand those talks are happening. But he's very much a, a commodity for a number of teams. Ole Miss has a lot of competition there. I think they'll probably could have put a couple more pieces, maybe in the defensive backfield, maybe a running back. Uh, but I do think the hay is in the barn, so to speak. And I think this team is getting ready for a run in 24. Maybe, like I said, defensive backfield, maybe another offensive uh, lineman, and then maybe a running back. But that's appears to be it from everything we've seen. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the portal opens up again in May, so there could be, I guess, for ev- most everybody involved, a, a few more pieces added, Brad. Well, the thing about it is Ole Miss has been very fortunate. You know, I think someone said on some national program that the transfer portal is not about recruiting the portal. It's about recruiting your current roster from not entering the portal. And, and Ole Miss has had a pretty good – had a pretty good run here as of late. You know, Quinshawn Jenkins, the only person of significance that's entered the portal for Ole Miss in this cycle. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. 
after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. So you have to do your best to recruit your roster so you don't have any significant parts of that 2014 enter the portal in the next go-round. And, once again, keeping your roster intact, going after that extra offensive lineman, going after a couple of extra defensive backs. And, uh, yeah, I think that's where everything stands. If they can keep their current roster intact and do those things, once again, on paper, best collection of players, best opportunity for an Ole Miss team, I think, in my lifetime, and uh, under the direction of Lane Kiffin, who's the winningest coach since Coach Johnny Ball. What about – so, Walter – when you add Walter Nolan to the defensive line, where does it stack up for you compared to, like, 2015 and some of the other D-lines Ole Miss has had? Yeah. Since you have Jeremiah Figgis coming back, you also have Jared Ivey coming back. I think that says a lot. And then you add the the defensive end pieces and Princely Uman Mellon from Florida. And then you added Walter Nolan. It's it's one of the better, if not the best, defensive line classes, or at least collection of players uh, probably, you know, we've seen at least since 15. And I think this year, this particular past year, I said this was the best on paper defensive line Ole Miss has ever had. And, and they kind of played up to that. I mean, sure, LSU had a big game, and uh, there were some other, you know, games in which Ole Miss kind of uh, you know, fell by the wayside maybe next to A&M. But I think at the end of the day, Ole Miss had a great defensive line, not to mention the players they've got coming in after they recruited really well in Mississippi across that defensive front, uh, seeing some of the players coming in, Jeffrey Rush, uh, Cameron Franklin, and uh, Cam Beavers and some other players that they recruited out of Mississippi. So there are going to be some depth pieces, but there, there, there's, there's growth there. And, and that's one thing that defensive coordinator uh, Pete Golding wanted to do is get some depth at that defensive line, and that's exactly what he's done. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the stronger stronger defensive fronts we've seen at Ole Miss. And Lane mentioned they had been light on the defensive line since he had been there, <laughs> and I think they feel like they've addressed that, don't you think, Brad? Yeah, without question. And Randall Joyner and, and Derek Nix, the two guys that have been instrumental in recruiting in Mississippi, along with Kelvin Bolden, who uh, we've learned uh, the reports are out there that he's going to be the tight end coach. He was instrumental in recruiting Mississippi as well. But, yeah, they've they, they made that defensive line an absolute area of, of concern over the last couple of years. And they were, they've been recruiting hard in the state of Mississippi and through the transfer pool and getting players – and across the defensive front. What Randall Jordan has done over the last couple of years is really is really incredible because Ole Miss really had two or three defensive linemen a couple of years ago, zero depth whatsoever. Now they're going to be two and three deep at different positions uh, that can go at any moment. And so that's uh, 
very much improved defensive front over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, I Kelvin Bolden's been great. Is it official he's the tight ends coach? It is not 100% official. The university has not released it, but obviously football scoop uh, and John Bryce released that information last week. It's kind of been sitting out there, so we're kind of waiting on an official release from the university, but all of our reports and all of our sourcing indicate that he would definitely be a staff member in, a, in, in and of itself over the next uh, couple of days anyway. Yeah, he's done a phenomenal job in-house, and then it, it makes sense for Lane to move him on the field. Um so that he can really have his own territory and and all of that. Brad Logan on the Out of Bounds show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. So out of all the hats you're wearing in the media, what's your favorite as far as what you do? I love the podcast, the audio element. You know, you and I have talked off air a lot. And being able to talk to different media members throughout the country and interviewing them about their program. Uh, you know, for example, we had conversations with Penn State Media and just kind of learning about how that media group works in central Pennsylvania and how they're dealing with James Franklin, who, you know, Bo, you and I and the audience knows as a coach of Barry, but just, I really enjoy that. And, uh, and I know you enjoy talking with the good folks here in central Mississippi and now you know, nationwide across the app, but yeah, getting a chance to visit with fans and, and, and talking to the audio aspect, that's always been a favorite of mine. Uh, did anything jump out at you? You know, they're, they're kind of torn with James Franklin. He wins a lot, but is not beating Ohio state and Michigan. Um, when you were visiting with them leading up to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, was there anything that really jumped out at you, Brad, as far as what they said about James Franklin? Yeah, it's interesting. We we visited with both Lane and James Franklin the Friday prior to the Peach Bowl. It was a Friday morning. And someone asked James about Ohio State, Michigan, the, the pressure to win this game. It, it's a big game, and you know, he, he's won all of his games on the schedule with the exception of Ohio State, Michigan. You know, he's beaten the rest of the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, he played it all, talked about how, you know, talked about all these numbers about what he and his team have accomplished over the last couple of years. And then he says, you know, he understands that the uh, will to win, the opportunity to play a, you know, a top-ranked, the top-12 team, Ole Miss. And then the post-game, someone actually asked him, you know, this is a big game and, and you guys kind of fell short. After he complained about officiating, he came in and talked about, you know, how, you know, we've got some things to do internally. He, he starts, he goes all in on the, the people that opted out. and You could tell he was really frustrated. And I would expect, you know, obviously we won't follow that program, but I would expect the temperature has turned up considerably on James Franklin for next year because he cannot beat those two teams. But when you don't win in an opportunity in a bowl game, an access bowl over an Ole Miss team in which – Honestly, Bo, I think most of the media couldn't tell you the difference between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That's just how the people in the Big Ten work. And they didn't have a lot of respect for Ole Miss. And so they obviously thought the Penn State should have pretty much uh, just, just run the field with Ole Miss. It didn't happen. And uh, I think the pressure is going to be up on Franklin without question next year. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's a there's a lot of arrogance coming out of the Big Ten and, and Northeast as far – look, I, the Brad Logan – on the Out of Bounds show, he's got the podcast, um, works with David Johnson, 247 Sports, and many other things. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, I can remember going to the Gator Bowl in 2010, and I walk into the Mississippi State Team Hotel downtown um, in Jacksonville, and there's a group of Michigan you know, alums and fans and they're just laughing. They're like, yeah, we just came down to, to wipe the floor. 
with Mississippi State. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, looking at him, going, "That's that's pretty, I can't believe y'all are that confident." Um, I didn't know the game was going to be fifty-two to seventeen, but uh, but I felt like they could play. So, so what you're saying is you got a little bit of that too from the uh, the Penn State media a or bit. fans. Uh, not so much the fans, but, but definitely kind of the media. It's uh, you know David Eckers who does a phenomenal job with the the, the Jackson Clarion Ledger. He and I were talking, and they had a room where the media went in to visit that sort of thing. And so you've got a collection of Ole Miss media, which is about, not everybody was there, but it was about six or seven of us just sitting there, you know, talking about kind of the season and kind of what they expected. We look across the way, and David said, there's nothing to have 85, you know, members of the media covering Penn State. You know, David's a graduate of Penn State. So I jokingly told David, I'm blown away at the number of media covering Penn State. It was a whole room. Of nothing but Penn State media. Really? So, yeah, it was huge. Uh, but I, I, I've never seen anything like it. And then, so uh, obviously at the game, you know, Ole Miss has its normal collection of media, and then the the rest of the press box is Penn State. It was <laughs> nothing I've ever seen. It, it's just but the thing about it, and, and James talked about it during the press conference. He said, look, we're the preeminent team in the state of Pennsylvania. You've got State College in the middle, and you've got Pittsburgh, and you've got Philadelphia to the east and to the west. And, uh, you know, I jokingly talked with some of the Penn State, not Penn State, the Peach Bowl administrators that came down for the Ole Miss uh, introductory press conference about they you know, officially invited Lane Kiffin and officially invited Keith Carter to the, uh, the Peach Bowl. And I talked to a couple of guys. I was like, yeah, tell me a little bit about Pennsylvania. He's like, yeah, man, very rural. All of a sudden, you're driving through the country, and you come up on this massive stadium, this huge uh, you know, college town or whatever. Now, the town's not very big, but the university is huge. And so, yeah, everybody just kind of ascends on State College, Happy Valley there every Saturday, and over 100,000. And it is the university in Pennsylvania. And, uh, yeah, huge collection of media I've never seen. Anything like. Wow. Yeah, I've been up there for Penn State, Ohio State. You you, you described it spot on. Um, you, you just – we drove in from Pittsburgh. We flew into Pittsburgh and drove in and – you drive and drive, and then all of a sudden, boom, you see it, and it is it is massive. Um, I don't know why they thought they – I mean, Ole Miss was better. They fired their offensive coordinator after 10 games. Manny Diaz left, what, three weeks before the, the bowl game. Yeah, there was some, some form of turmoil, really. I mean, offensively, they didn't really have a direction. And not to mention they had a number of opt-outs. And, Bo, we didn't know about – they ended up having like eight or nine opt-outs. I saw that. And we didn't know that until someone slid a piece of paper on our desk with about, I don't know, 45 minutes to go to kickoff. So, you know, we, we knew Chop Robinson was out. We knew Johnny Dixon probably was out. Other than that, there weren't any opt-out. Maybe that offensive tackle that I can't say his name, he was really good. But none of those guys played, plus about seven others. And that played a factor. I don't, I don't think anybody's crazy enough to, to see that. But, you know, Ole Miss just – you know, just did what they wanted to with Penn State. And, uh, yeah, I don't think that said well to the fan base. And I don't think James Franklin is, you know, incredibly happy going into the 24 season. And he looked really frustrated uh, at the, the post game press conference. Yeah, no, I get it. Well, um, look, Ole Miss has the momentum. They're on a roll. I don't know where I'd put it. You know, I've got, I've got Bama, Georgia, and Texas ahead of y'all going into 2024. Um, 
And then from there, we're going to see, you know, does Ole Miss live up to the hype, what Mizzou does, and then does, I guess, LSU turn it around? Those are my next three teams. How do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Texas. I think Texas and, and Ole Miss are kind of right there. You know, I think there's an argument to be made for Ohio State. We'll see what, what happens with Michigan during the offseason. Obviously, there's LSU hanging out. There's Missouri that's kind of – they killed it in the portal. They've, they've been recruiting, you know, it lights out under uh, Drinkwitz. So, they're kind of right there. I don't know anybody out west who we might be talking about. You know, I think Washington's going to fall apart after tonight. Uh, that's the no – you know, the four, I'm not, I'm not discrediting anything they're doing. They may win the national championship. I'm just saying they're losing a ton. Right. Uh, and then anybody up in the Northeast other than Ohio State, Michigan, you know, I, I don't know. So, um, and then maybe anybody at the ACC, I don't think anybody's going to jump over Ole Miss, uh, not named Florida State or Clemson. We'll see what happens with them. I think top 10 and, uh, you know, somewhere there about. But yeah, I think they'll be top five by October the 12th if they can win at Carolina and then beat Kentucky at home. And uh, that's the that's the fighting Mark Stoops in the earlier part of the year when they actually have a pulse. So you're going to get a, a pretty good Kentucky team at least that thinks they're going to do something. Mark Stoops, I've said it all along, best job in college football. Goes seven and five, multiple millions of dollars, no pressure whatsoever. They're just ready for hoop season. He was crazy to entertain the Iowa job or uh, the Texas A&M job or anywhere else. He's got it made. So. We'll see what uh, Kentucky team Ole Miss gets, and then at Carolina, they can win at Carolina. Though I think you know it's off to the races at LSU. That's going to be the game that everybody kind of circles. You come home and host Oklahoma. You go to Northwest Arkansas, Georgia at Florida. It cranks up in the back half of the schedule without question. When you finish with Mississippi State at home, yeah, you know Kentucky plays Georgia um, and South Carolina before they play y'all. So, and they open up with Southern Miss, but um, now you know Stoops. I, I think he's he's good for who they are, but uh, far from special. And they're never good on offense. That's kind of. I mean, they're tough. They're tough in the trenches, and they're usually pretty damn salty on defense. They, yeah. Do you, you agree? Yeah, that's fair. Um, and and, and they play in a much weaker division have, than we do. You know, they do. Uh, but, but here's the deal with Kentucky is they fall apart at the end of the year. Everybody's like, well, why is that? I was like, well, they play teams that are, I don't know, good. And, <laughs> uh, that's kind of what happens. Sure, they'll have a game or two that, um, you know, they'll they'll surprise somebody, but then they'll fall apart against somebody else. And mm-hmm. like I said, they're 7-5, 8-4, and, four, and you know, that, 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 that's how they rock and roll. The team I'm looking forward to out of the East, see what Billy Napier does at Florida. It feels like there's a lot of pressure on Napier. I don't know what Ole Miss team – uh, Florida team Ole Miss is going to get on November the 23rd. So that's definitely one to watch. And also Arkansas. Uh, very surprised that, you know, Sam Pittman got that extra year. And I've been told some, some different reasons off the field why that Hunter Yurchick decided to extend him another year. I didn't quite understand it. So what Arkansas team is Ole Miss going to get? And then Oklahoma. I mean, that's going to be a fun game in Oxford, but who in the world knows what type of Oklahoma team, you know, we're going to see. That's it's, a uh, great question. It's, it's going to be fun to see. Yeah. Question. But look, it's at LSU, Georgia at home. You know, Ole Miss has to win one of the two if they're going to make the college football playoff uh, because I think it's going to be tough to, to run the rest of the way. But the good news, you can go 11-2 and still make the playoff, but you leave yourself no error if you lose to both Georgia and LSU. So it's going to be a, a fun team to, to watch, fun team to cover without question. Yeah. The, I've ne- you know, I, I wasn't sure that the excitement level could ever get uh, – 
um, rise above 2015. And it had, of course, Lane's got everything, you know, going in the right direction and a line. He's a top 10 college football coach now. He grew up and um, he's got it all going on. So kudos to him with, with what he's been able to put together. All right, Brad, we'll do it again soon. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Bob. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105 Down the Zone, brought to you by Dr. Kirk Jeffries, eye care professionals if you need cataract surgery. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, Fun show today. Maybe a little too much heavy sports, but national championship game tonight, Washington and Michigan. Can't wait. Somebody asked on the text line, Bo, have you mentioned Stone Blanton? I did not today. Stone Blanton will transfer from South Carolina, Mississippi State. He started there. He'll start at Mississippi State. Look, that's a good pickup for Jeff Levy. You needed, you needed starters and depth at linebacker. We'll see you tomorrow.